Hello and welcome to the Desperate and Appalling podcast series. My name is Paul Sloan and together with my co-author Des McHale we've written a number of books ranging from uh, lateral thinking puzzles, mathematical lateral thinking puzzles, world's best word puzzles, one, two, three, four, wacky, witty and wonderful words are some of the books we've written. And in this series of podcasts, we chat about puzzles, situations, words, anything that takes our fancy. So please sit back, enjoy the podcast, and if you like it, come back and listen to some more. Well, hello, Des. How are you? Hi, Paul. Very well today. Thank you. Good, good. And um, we're going to talk about your books this week. We talked about mine in the last episode, uh, so it's time to uh, look at some of yours. I will uh, repeat the puzzle that I left listeners with in our last episode. There is a town in England, and as you approach, it disappears. And it's true, I've been to this town, um, and I'll tell you the answer later in the show, but there's a town in England, and it's true, as you approach, it disappears. And you you figured that one out, didn't you? I did, I did. I spent half an hour with an atlas and <laughs> finally made it, but it's uh, it's tough. So, Des, how many books have you published? I think I've published 70 at this stage, but they're mostly joke books and puzzle books. But I've done some serious books as well. I've done some on um, the film The Quiet Man, which is a favourite of mine. And I've also done some on the mathematician George Boole. So which book are you proudest of? Hard to say, really. I suppose the first biography of George Boole that I did, because that took me about 20 years to write. And that's a it's a serious sort of book. And uh, I, I, I've done very well with that book. I got academic promotion i think because of it so i think that would make the title of the book george Boole, his life and work published by cork cork university press and which book has sold the most copies i'd say the very first book i did in 1976 was um the book of kerryman jokes which is our irish ethnic joke type stuff and uh, i think that's that sold over half a million copies which is is is, is quite good for a book of that time excellent so we can't uh, go through all of them. Which ones do you want to focus on today? Well, I, I wrote a book very recently published by Logic Press in County Kildare, and it's called A Thousand and One Silly Questions. And yes. I'm rather pleased with that because that's a book you can give to anybody. Anybody can appreciate a book like that. I enjoyed that book. Uh, it has many questions. Some of them are very silly. Very silly. Some of them are thought provoking. Some of them make you stop and think for a moment like this one. How do you get off a nonstop flight? <laughs> yes, that's true. I mean, there's a certain touch of humour in there. And it's really pop philosophy. It's questions that would embarrass philosophers if you ask them, like, why do toilet windows in a jumbo jet have frosted glass? <laughs> <laughs> that's one to sit and ponder about. It yeah. is, really. Yeah. How, how does the guy who drives the snowplough get to work in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> or, well, another one I liked was, what height is the world's tallest dwarf? <laughs> yes, that's nice. yeah. and the guy who invented the first clock how do he know what time it was <laughs> <laughs> must have been a real puzzle if ghosts can walk through walls why don't they fall through the floor <laughs> that's true and the audience really is i think children or students or people who want to be smart alecky i mean who want to have a go they are jokes or, or questions against authority because really i sent it to one publisher earlier on and he said well i'd like to publish it but can you give me the answers, please? <laughs> Which I think was a joke in itself, because the whole point is that they're sort of rhetorical questions. They don't actually have an answer. But there are some that are, as you say, are quite serious. And the one I'm proudest of is one I made up myself, and it is, 
is know the answer to this question. Is know the answer no, to this question. If you say no, then the answer is yes. And if you say yes, the answer is no. And it's an encapsulation of a famous problem in logic and philosophy called Russell's paradox, which is at the heart of difficulties that arise when you try to just use ordinary logic. That's quite a difficult one to answer. I mean, no philosopher would be able to answer that. It actually doesn't have an answer, I think. Well, another philosophical question in there is, where do the numbers go when you wipe them off the blackboard? That's beautiful. That, that's one I mean, of the best. They still exist in a sense, don't they? Because you've written that equal, you've written those numbers, you've written that's all that right, stuff yeah. on there, and it's yeah, there, yeah, and people yeah. have it, and then it's wiped off. Where does it go? Yeah. yeah. And why do people say, please, can I ask you a question? <laughs> and if you want to donate blood, why do they always want to know where you found it, where you got it from? <laughs> <laughs> why did you bring that bucket? Yes. <laughs> I think they're good, they're entertaining, they're humorous, but I think that some of them are non-trivial, and I think that people should, um, you know, take them seriously. It's it's it, it, they're very good for I think classroom discussion or group discussion because they lead somewhere and they're funny and they're very easily understandable because they're based on experience. And I think they're about the quirks of life that we sometimes would prefer not to talk about academically. Yeah. So another one I liked was. What does Geronimo shout when he jumps out of a plane? <laughs> yes, that's great. What's nice about them is even though you've written them in a book, when you pick up the book or someone else tells them, you still laugh. I mean, they're, they're surprising there. And if you, I've got over a thousand, a thousand and one, and I could have probably gone further with them. So it's, it's a non-trivial topic, and I'm very pleased about it. So that's 1001 Silly Questions, 1001 Written as a Number by Des McHale. Uh, what's the next book you'd like to introduce to our listeners? Well, the next... The next book is fairly topical, and that is the official Boris Johnson joke book. The official and Boris it's, it's, Johnson. Well, it's official because I say it's official. And <laughs> uh, I mean, if Boris wants to query that, it would only be good publicity. But I mean, I remember Private Eye magazine a number of years ago, they ran a, a very funny article about Boris Johnson becoming prime minister. And it was considered a great joke at the time. This is probably 15, 20 years ago. But it's actually happened. It'll go down in history as one of the strangest things that ever happened because nobody would have predicted this. And uh, I think he, he, he bided his time very well. Bided his time. You got a Joe Biden. Um, but he, he, he really is an extraordinary prime minister. For example, somebody said he's certainly not wearing a wig because nobody would wear a wig that looks like that. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, and he, yeah. he has this image of a buffoon, of a clown. But yeah. behind it, it, there is an intelligent man. I, I, I'm a... I'm certain of that somewhere. And his image actually works with, it resonates with the voters. And his, his main opponent, Keir Starmer, who's very calm and serious and dull, just has no uh, charisma. And, and Boris's humour and his expression. So we're going to replace jabs, jabs, jabs with jobs, jobs, jobs. That's his latest yeah, slogan. Yeah. He, he catches the mood. I remember thinking about Keir Starmer that he was the best thing that ever happened to a British political party. Unfortunately, the party is the Conservative Party. <laughs> <laughs> Share with us a couple of your favourite jokes from the official Boris Johnson joke. Well, one of my favourites is um, a psychiatrist arriving at the gates of heaven and St. Peter comes out to greet him and says, thank heavens you've come. We've got a real problem here. God thinks he's Boris Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people think Boris Johnson originally thought that the Brexit referendum was about asking if Britain was going to leave the Eurovision Song Contest or not. That is a joke, but it turns out that in a survey they did, a very large proportion of people actually thought that's what the referendum was about, that once the Brexit was passed, we wouldn't have to take part in the Eurovision Song Contest you. anymore. And here's another Boris one. Um, the lady comes up to him and accuses Boris of being the father of her triplets who had just been born. And he said, impossible, I demand a recount. 
So, I mean, most of them are standard political jokes that you can say about anybody. I mean, I originally did a book of Margaret Thatcher jokes and some of the jokes translate, not all of them, of course, because he's a different personality. But there's a serious matter here in that it's an element of democracy that you can actually make jokes about politicians. For example, I don't think there are all that many Putin joke books. It's a freedom. And I think that's something that that we should value. I think politicians actually like being joked about. If they're not joked about, that means they're not being taken seriously. And they want to be taken seriously. So I think they probably should um, appreciate the fact that people are joking about them. People are taking them seriously. And there is a certain element of democracy. It's one of the few freedoms we've got in democracy still. And remember, freedom is really very, very difficult as far as jokes are concerned. You're hardly allowed to joke about anybody or anything nowadays without somebody saying, no, no, that's not politically correct. So this is a politically incorrect joke book about a politically incorrect politician. Well, did you hear about the... The British diplomat who was speaking to the Russian diplomat, and he, the British diplomat said, "Where we've got freedom here. I can go to Trafalgar Square and stand there, and I can tell jokes about Boris Johnson and, and say what an idiot he is." And the Russian said, "It's exactly the same in Russia. I can go to Red Square in Moscow, and I can tell jokes about Boris Johnson and tell people what an idiot he is." <laughs> Very good. That's good. <laughs> A lot of people think that jokes in in in, in countries where uh, you know there's oppression are really the only freedom people have got. And they're told in secret, or whispered from one person to another, not even written down. And every joke is an act of insurrection, really. But I think it's something we should value because the first thing that an authoritarian regime will do is to ban jokes. If you make a joke against uh, the politicians or the leaders of the day, you can actually be jailed for doing that. That's a freedom we, we don't think about very much and we don't value. So will you send a copy of the book to Boris? Yes, I certainly will. I certainly will. And uh, I won't put a stamp on, so we'll have to pay the post. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from that, I'd send to And I think, I, I remember I, I um, when I did the Margaret Thatcher joke book many, many years ago, I sent one to her and uh, she said, this is a book that I will value and that I will treasure. But of course, it was, she probably never read it. She probably never saw it. It was probably written by a civil servant. <laughs> so um, I look forward to seeing that book. That's just come out, hasn't it? And it, it, yeah. is it available? It's on Amazon. I think they're out of stock at the moment, which probably means people have bought the copies that have been sent there. But it will be available very soon again on Amazon and uh, they will send you a copy if you order it. I'd love to see that. And what's the next book you'd like to introduce? The final book I'd like to talk about today is called Number and Letter Puzzles. And uh, I'm very into, into puzzles. I'm a mathematician, so I like puzzles. I like mathematics is nearly all about puzzles. And one day after a lecture, a student came up to me and said, do you know what 8S on an SS stands for? And I didn't. I, you know, I thought it was a good, never heard a puzzle like that before. Uh, it took me several days to work it out, but I did work it out and on my own. And it turns out it means eight sides on a stop sign. And these number letter puzzles will always contain a number and a letter, and you're just given the initial letters of certain words, and you've got to reconstruct it. And I find that they're very good puzzles indeed, and a lot of people really like them. Children like them, adults like them. They're very good for sort of sitting around the fireside or talking, and it's easy to make them up yourself. So I sat down, started to make them up, and the standard one, of course, is 26L of the EA, which stands for 26 letters of the English alphabet. They are very, very good because you're just given a certain minimal amount of information and you've got to extrapolate and it's not always what what you think it is. Now, the the book contains 330 such puzzles from very easy to very, very difficult to very, very obscure. And it has hints as well, just one word hints. It'll say um, music or mathematics or politics or something else. 
And the, the second part of the book consists of what I call what, what comes next puzzles. You're given a sequence of letters and uh, the classic one, of course, is A, B, C, D, E. And what's the next one on that? What's, and you what's probably... comes next after A, B, C, D, E? Well, you mightn't think it, but the answer is K because they're the initial letters of the vitamins. Yes. And that's a nice one. And um, here's the next is, is what number comes next? Three, one, four, one, five. And it could be almost anything, but they turn out to be the first digit. Next one is nine to the digits of pi, 3.14159, oh, yes. you know. It, it's a matter of, I think, being ingenious, spreading your net very, very wide indeed, using the clue if you want to. Here, here's one people might find a little more difficult. 88K on a P. 88 keys on a piano, is it? Very good, very good. But most people find that difficult. And here's one you might find it. 59B on an R. 59B on an R. So I'll leave that one with you and leave that with, with, with the listeners as well. That's a good one. 59B on an R. Right. 59B on an R. So what's that book called if, if people want to order it? It's called Number and Letter Puzzles. By Des McHale. Very good. Des McHale. As published again by Logic Press in County Kildare. Logic Press is a small and new show to press, but publishes very high quality books. It doesn't publish any rubbish, so they publish my books. And you, you've probably got a joke. I've got a joke I want to throw in as well, because it's a good one. It's about the famous Pavlov. Pavlov goes into the pub, and as he's going to the pub, his phone rings, and he thinks, damn it, I've forgotten to feed that blooming dog again. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Now, my psychiatrist says that I'm a compulsive liar. And that's odd because I don't even have a psychiatrist. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Did you hear about the two men on the boat? And uh, they were both the uh, deckhands. And uh, the captain said, uh, he said, I'm going to promote Bill to be first mate. And the other guy, Joe, said, why are you promoting Bill? And, and, and the captain said, well, because he's he's honest and trustworthy. I can trust him all the time. And, and you know, Joe didn't like this at all. Anyway, uh, Bill was swabbing the decks uh, with, with his, his mop and a huge wave came and washed him overboard with to Joe's delight. And Joe dashed to the captain and he said, he said, you know, that guy you promoted to first mate? He, he said, yes. He said, well, he's, not only is he cleared up, but he's, he's taking your brush with him. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Someday I'm going to understand humour and, you know, I mean, I, it's going to be a big breakthrough. But it's one of, I think it is the most difficult problem on the planet to understand humor we can understand all sorts of other things and therefore it's the most difficult problem in the whole universe what makes something funny and if any comedian could find out the correct answer to that question he'd become a trillionaire overnight so i think i should put our listeners out of their misery with the town in the east of england and there's a town there and as you approach it disappears and the town is in fact dis d-i-s-s -S. it's a town in east anglia um, in norfolk and as you approach it disappears oh, the town Very appears uh, but yeah. as i say it as you approach it disappears it, you you immediately assume that it vanishes so yeah. that's a a little verbal puzzle i and thought it was that i thought it was that town but it turns out to be dis town yeah <laughs> <laughs> and we've got and we're leaving um listeners with 59 b on an r is that right that's correct yeah 59 okay so we'll puzzle over that till next time um, and I think that's given people something to chew over. And those three books that people can order, 1001 Silly Questions, the official Boris Johnson joke book, and... Number and Letter Puzzles. Number and Letter Puzzles. Okay, thanks very much, Des. Thank you, Paul.